0: If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Recently, I was on a conference call with a series of chief learning officers doing work with a company by the name of Concero, and it was really a great conference call and session. And one of the things that we talked about were what were some of the things we wanted from our managers during this you know, obviously, very unique time. And as time progressed through this session, you kept hearing the same theme caring, sensitive, empathy, thoughtfulness, flexibility. And it got me thinking because at Progress Coaching, one of the things that we teach is we teach people how to have conversations and how to coach and how to converse. And certainly, we touch on those things as they're very, very important. And it got me thinking let's take a manager before the crisis who's all business. He or she just typically focuses on the numbers and maybe doesn't pay as much attention to the people. Think about that person just for a second. And now they have to go and present themselves as thoughtful, empathetic, caring, sensitive. Wouldn't there a big risk be exposed by asking someone to do that? Let me explain. I think somebody should do that. Don't get me wrong. Yet we tend to so much show up and do things versus prepare and do things. Let, let's go to some fundamentals for a second. One of the things that I've done for the past 30 years is coach volleyball on and off. And You can imagine if I asked you the question, if we were face-to-face right now and I said, what do you think one of my greatest challenges as a youth sports coach would be? I guarantee it 70, 80% of the people would say parents and you would be right because parents want the best for their kids and they don't think their kid's getting a fair shot or they're not playing as much as they think they think their kid should be playing. And what do they do? After a game or a match, they take their kid home, and on the way home, they start telling their child why they need to practice, what they need to do to improve. Now, the intent is great, but it really goes to that notion of, we tell our kids to practice, why do we as adults not practice? Someone who is not empathetic, not caring, not sensitive from an intent, or even just maybe from a personality characteristic standpoint, not practice, now they're going to show up and automatically be empathetic, sensitive, and caring? What do you think the impression of the people will be, the impression of the teammates, the people that report to that person? It's a huge risk. So recently, I was also talking to three or four companies that we work with, And with the slowdown of business, and there is obviously a slowdown, one of the things that they started to do is just listen in on calls, sales, customer service, management, coaching, leadership, mentorship, all those type of sessions were listened in to. And to a person, they made the comment, I was amazed at what was being said. I said, what do you mean? I said, I couldn't believe what was coming out of my employee's mouth. It really upset me. And I asked the question. I said, how often do your people practice? Well, before the downturn and before the crisis, we were really busy. That's not an answer to my question. How often do you practice? If we do not practice, people do not arbitrarily get better. If we do not practice, confidence does not automatically go up. We cannot make this false overly assumptive statement to people be confident go perform well don't prep don't practice but make sure you perform well let's take somebody who's on broadway and years ago i had a great fortune of a new employee being at one of my client sites and all of a sudden during about the first two hours of our our training session which was really a coaching best practice session we started to practice and practice some conversation models. And this guy just jumps in and starts knocking it out of the park. He'd only been on the job a week. And I looked at him and I said, you either have a theater or an improv background. And he said, how do you know that? I said, your confidence associated with practice is awesome. He goes, yeah, I do theater. I said, Oh, it's so obvious. Now, why would I share that? Look, When we sell, we're on a stage. When we're providing customer service, we're on a stage. When we're meeting with our customers, we're on a stage. When we are coaching, mentoring, and driving talent development, we're on a stage. When you're coaching your employees and you're challenging them, you're going to talk to them certainly differently than you would your spouse or your friends. It's just a different stage. We've got to quit showing up on stage. Without practice, because you're going to forget your lines. You're going to forget your role. You're going to forget the character you have to play. Now, in no way am I saying to be uh, disingenuous, fake, not authentic. I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is the more we practice, the better we're going to be. It's much like a speech. Now, I've been giving public speeches for, you know, the 20 plus years I've had this company. And I go back to one fundamental thing. I create a framework and I literally talk out loud. I will even walk in my kitchen and practice. By having things roll off your tongue, by getting used to the questions you need to ask, by becoming more confident in conversations of conflict, guess what happens? Things get better. Practice never makes perfect. Practice helps people get better. When we get better, we feel better. When we feel better, we have more confidence. When we get, feel better, and have more confidence, guess what? We're more willing to do things. If we are not practicing, we are not getting better. I think one of the most fundamental flaws that this concept is pinpointed by is sales. One of our clients had shared with me some sales calls that she had listened to. And she was absolutely blown away by the things coming out of her employee's mouth. And I said, you know, do you mind if I share a concept with you if I share something with you? Now I know this client for 10 years and I knew she would take it well. She said, what? I said, shame on you. She said, excuse me? I said, I sense in this conversation, you're putting it on your sales rep's shoulders. How often are you practicing with your people? And she said, Tim, we were really busy. I said, So you let results give you a false sense of security. That's why when I work with sales leaders, I always tell them it's not always about the numbers, it's about the people who produce the numbers. You cannot sit back and say, Wow, we're at 110% of goal. My salespeople don't need to improve. Now, her first reaction was, wait a minute, I didn't say that. I go, yet your actions support that statement. And she nodded. And now they're doing practice sessions. And she said, I'm amazed. I'm absolutely amazed how often we ask close ended questions. And we talk about this in sales coaching. You can pigeonhole yourself. For example, are you happy with your current provider? Yep. Where do you go after a question like that? It is so easy in sales to get into a trap. Again, you don't go home and ask your spouse, what are your thoughts in a movie? Because it's an open-ended question. You go home and ask, do you want to go to a movie? It's a different stage. So make sure as a leader, you are facilitating practice. And when you are having people practice, provide positive reinforcement, acknowledge their effort. If you don't feel like they're performing well, don't tell them they did great, but tell them you appreciate their effort. We have a concept here at Progress Coaching, help people feel good about getting better. Help people feel good about getting better. And you do that through practice and positive reinforcement. Now, when you need to give constructive feedback, use phrases such as, I think we have an awesome opportunity to improve is and fill in the blank. Flaws are not negative. They are opportunities. Get your people on the stage practicing. You're going to retain, you're going to develop, and you're going to improve confidence. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign seven to 21 day programs for employees